Chapter 3 of the Bhagavad Gita, the Yoga of Action. Hello, Yogi. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Aiko, and on this show, we explore ways to put spiritual theory into sustainable practice. So, welcome again, Sham. Thank you. Do you want to make a short recap about what we talked the last time? Yeah, so the last chapter we were discussing was the second, and uh, it's like an overview of the whole Bhagavad Gita. So you will find many different kinds of yoga explained there. The yoga of action and different levels of that, and the yoga of knowledge, etc. Okay, so today we are talking about chapter 3, which is the yoga of action, is that correct? Yes, it's... um, here it's going in depth about the yoga of action. And like I said, it was brought up also in the second chapter uh, as part of the overview. But here we talk about uh, karma yoga in in a state where one is still attached to one's material personality and uh, and work. Okay, so I think this karma yoga, it's kind of, it's kind of talked around... But it's never very clear, very much ex- explained. There are different interpretations. So would you would you like to share more about the karma yoga, what that means? Yes. So just looking at the, at the term karma yoga, yoga is to, to, to connect and, and karma is action. So to connect through your action. And here we're talking about connecting with God. And of course, one's identity in this world is not actually lasting. Like all our uh, identities will will fade and change over time. And so one could uh, maybe say that it's maybe hard to connect with God th- through this identity. Because God is real and, and, and this identity is kind of unreal. But can you elaborate about this identity? It's unreal. What do you mean with that? Oh, f- for example, the, like very simply, like I am a man, I am Swedish, and so on. Like these uh, these designations uh, that are n- not really our true self. Um, so, like karma yoga is about connecting that identity somehow, like bringing that identity in connection with God somehow, and. Um, this is also why it's talked about like different levels of karma yoga because uh, we also discussed in the second chapter about nishkama karma yoga and that is when you start to kind of realize this so 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 like by connecting even your kind of temporary personality with god you kind of gradually uh, wake up to your real personality and how you do that in practice yeah so the methods talked about here in the third chapter is uh, to to kind of connect everything to kind of yeah to connect your to see how you are dependent on uh different elements like it, it talks about like making sacrifices for the gods um which is something that was done in ancient culture and not done anymore but like the principle can still be applied um like our teacher usually mentions uh how in a house you have running water you have electricity uh, and you have heat 
and you have to pay bills for all of those otherwise it'll be turned off mm. so in the same way like we have sunshine we have uh, air ether um and kind of making sacrifices to the gods is, is kind of is in this analogy is like paying the bills of course the the sun won't like turn off if we don't make sacrifices but the thing is like we, you can you can connect with the potential of all these things like all like um the whole world actually exists for you to to realize your your real identity so by paying attention to um the divinity that is behind uh, elements like like fire like the sun like like the wind then you can remind yourself that you're you're you are to just like there is consciousness behind all those things um and something living there's also consciousness at at your core at your center and uh you are to like live in this world uh, in a way that fosters realization of this Mm. In other words, you're saying that we often identify ourselves into what actually we are doing. Like, I'm a teacher, I'm a mom, I'm a auntie. But, uh, of course, I can be so many things because I do so many things. And, you know, I'm a mother for someone, I'm a sister for someone else, and I'm a wife for someone else. So, I'm not really that identification like what do you mean it's that we have a soul and but we still don't identify with that we identified with what we actually do so by offering these actions what we do like being a mother being a teacher um, doing yoga to the divinity to the divine energy this will help us connect with our soul Yes, exactly. Like, um, for example, to, to like offer, like, 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 let's say you're you're a teacher and you offer your work as a teacher. To But God. how how do you do that? How do you offer the, your work to to God or to the universe? It's simply you simply you simply just have to have that intention. Like you say, like now my day of work starts, and I'm and this is I'm doing this as an offering. So. And and if and if you have that consciousness then there will be a, like a very different like uh, uh, meaning to your work. So it's a little bit like uh, being detached from the result. Yeah, like that comes later. Like karma yoga is, is not not so much about being detached from the result. It's about connecting both the work and the result. And then we come to, in later chapters, this nishkama karma yoga that, that was also explained in, in the previous chapter briefly. Like when you start to to like realize that um this this kind of identity that you have is not is not your like lasting identity it's it's something temporary something you have taken on temporarily um but like you're it's still a, a strong attachment so in in later on in nishkama karma yoga like like even the, like then you start to kind of detach in in some ways so you for example You let go of the the result. Uh, you, uh, you you like understand that you're not in control of how things turn out, uh, basically. But but like but for now in in karma yoga you you're attached to everything, but you're 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 bringing it in, in connection to 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 the source to God. To... 
So this is a state of consciousness, practically. Yes. Yeah. All all these all these things are about states of consciousness. Uh, also, for example, Jnana Yoga is coming later, and it's uh, like all related to this. It's uh, Karma Yoga leads to Nishkama Karma Yoga, which leads to Jnana Yoga, the Yoga of Knowledge. Like when you have insight into all these things. But to change the consciousness of someone or my own consciousness, it's very hard. We need. How can we do that? We I can just think, oh, I want to change my consciousness. From tomorrow, I will offer everything to God. But then, like deep inside, I'm still doing it for myself. So, how how do we how do we help ourselves change consciousness? Yeah, like one simply has to start exactly where where one is, and and even knowing. Uh, you can even know that, like, actually, actually, I'm doing this for myself. But, but then you say, okay, then even this selfish action I'm going to offer to God, like, I'm going to do my selfish action f- for God. <laughs> like, you just, you just start wherever you are. Like, um, it's, it's like we say, you know, like yoga, yoga adapts to you. So, uh, and like we also heard, Padmanabha Swami say, like, because sometimes we we have tried spiritual practice before, and and now we and it's like you you kind of continuously get converted to like a a better understanding of what you're doing. So, Padmanabha Swami was saying the other day, um, like you have to st- start where you are. But he said, but you can also say you have to continue where you are. So you're like you kind of assess where you are and you uh, you start or you, you uh, or like let's say continue because it's mm. a continuous journey. Yeah, that's very nicely said and. Um... And yeah, so mainly, practically, someone has to make a really introspection and be honest and sincere with oneself, understand where he or she is, and then from there have the the intention to grow and offer the the practice. Yes, and and also if one is not even capable to do, do that much introspection then you can admit that and you can say because that's also part of introspection <laughs> to to realize to realize the limits of your uh, capacity to, uh, to to do that so you can say i'm offering this very ignorant action to to, to god like like I, I don't even know what i'm doing but i'm but it's but i'm doing it for god and i don't know where it's going but it's going to get more clear as we go along okay so i know some yoga practitioners who actually don't fully believe in god they don't have one figure god or they believe more in the universe in the mother earth because this i guess most of the people uh, thankfully they believe in mother earth um so what would you tell them about this yeah uh, uh that also i mean you you will have to experiment basically like you can uh it's also about interest like if you're not like interested in in knowing whether there is a god or not then um there's no one who can force you but um whatever like like let's say spiritual inclination you have you you experiment in that direction you can for example ask the universe um you know for answers and, and see what comes and and I mean, I think. I mean, the worst thing that could happen is that you you have some fun with that. So, so it's so just to anyway offer 
your your practice to the nature to the universe to whatever you believe yeah to, to like to, to the to the most like you can just say like to the most comprehensive possible like overarching existence like whatever that is um like you could say universe and maybe there's something more than that we don't know but you know just go in the go in the direction of um wholeness of um like kind of non non separatedness you could say okay thank you very much this was a very nice explanation of the entire chapter chapter would you like now um to go a little bit more in details like what is happening actually in this chapter what krishna is doing with arjuna what they're talking about yeah so it begins with arjuna asking uh being confused after after what they've been talking in the previous chapter because uh because krishna has told him there that that knowledge is is higher than action but then arjuna asks but so then why are you engaging me in this in this war um if if knowledge is higher than act like like shouldn't i just sit, sit and cultivate knowledge but but uh but krishna is telling him that uh action will lead lead to knowledge if it's uh done in the right way and if you try to just go like skip skip action and go to knowledge then um the the kind of desire for action will, will still be there and you will be like uh, a hypocrite basically and um so then, then krishna starts to explain uh karma yoga like with, with like sacrifices to the gods and to for example not eat without first um uh offering the food and food and sacrifice and uh later on he talks about example that e- that even if you have knowledge um you should still do the right action just to, to set a good example for people even if you don't have the uh kind of need for for action like others have have the, the need for action so you uh, if you're in knowledge you should show them the right way and then it starts to talk about um uh the the subtle body and how um like we think that we are acting but actually it's um the forces of nature acting and we have some kind of part in it but but we're very much um everything that's happening is very much like controlled by by physical forces and um arjuna asks krishna kind of about this like like why are we we forced to do acts that we actually don't want to do and krishna says it's um it's because of material desire and the mat- and then he speaks about where material desire is um kind of situated both in the in the body and in the psyche that it's in the it's in the body it's in the mind it's in your intelligence it's uh, uh so it's something deep rooted so, so he kind of mentions the hierarchy of the, of the kind of inner uh, what we call the subtle body so what's this hierarchy how it works yes so so he says like we like you have the the physical senses like your um sense of smell touch and so on and then you have um the mind and then you have the intelligence 
and above that you have the soul. So, so for example, like the mind, so you have your senses, your senses come in, t come in touch with sense objects, and then your mind is uh, categorizing all those objects as things that they like or, or dislike. And then above that you have the intelligence, which is telling you where those things don't match with with what's actually good for you. For example, you may like something that's not good for you, or you, you may not like something that is good for you. Something sometimes you may like things that are good for you and, and dislike things that are that are bad for you. So th so the intelligence is kind of sorting that out, and and then the, uh, the soul itself is is above all that, but kind of hidden. It's it's what makes everything move, but it's it's kind of anonymous until we. Uh, come to like self awakening okay that was a very nice explanation so like to recap let's say everything we talk in this series um we can say that uh, in chapter one where we talk about the yoga of doubts arjuna is expressing his doubt to krishna so we should um identify ourselves in arjuna even though it's still super high but we can take the teaching from him we learn how to express our ourselves our attachments and doubt to god to the universe and um and uh, and we can kind of ask if we are on the right track and then somehow we will get an answer a sign and something Yes, like it said, for example, it's said by, by a nice um, psychologist who has now passed away. Um, I forget his name now, <laughs> but he said if if you're if you're prepared to that, like the answer may be painful, and you ask what like am I am I on the right track? That then you have a like a good chance of of actually actually getting to hear like your real. Like getting clarity on like what's your uh, best path forward. Okay, then we will research the name of the psychologist and put it in the description. And then chapter two is the yoga of analysis. So in chapter two we have an overview of the entire Bhagavad Gita. And um, it's talking practically about the analysis between the matter and the spirit. Yes, yes. So, so there, it's like from the first chapter where where Arjuna is very bewildered and standing in front of a like a huge challenge. Krishna is kind of lifting him above all that and like showing him the difference between nature and spirit, but then bringing him back down again because. That, that that's like not where he is yet but he like krishna is kind of giving giving him a sneak preview of of self-realization but first now he has to kind of go through his his challenges from where where he is at so okay and then we have the chapter three that we just talked about uh which is um the yoga of karma the karma yoga the yoga of action where you offer your action to the universe, to God, to it came to my mind an example of a mother or a father who has uh, who have their kid, and they really love them so much, or he, one kid, and uh, they really put all their eft effort, like their day, twenty four hours, 
it's just in order to help this kid growing but then he or she one day will just grow up and leave home and um and this doesn't mean that all the energy the parents put into the kid uh, are lost it's just you actually give offer all this to the kid to his future to the universe hmm yeah like that is a nice example of of detachment if one can see that if like as an as an analogy as like you uh, you raise a child and um then it's painful when it leaves the home but but uh but but you know that like all your efforts are are going somewhere so so yeah like you you can you can do your actions in this world and and even if you cannot maybe like um enjoy the results of them you're you're giving them your um you're yeah you're putting them out in the universe yeah and also it, ta- it talks about um, the sub the body and the hier- hierarchy between all this um, this function like mind uh, intelligence etc is that correct yes yes so, so it, it talks about kind of like since the intelligence is is above the uh, is above the mind and the mind is above the senses it's it's good to have a clarity on this for example if since it's going you can say that it it goes like from from top down so if your intelligence is um is clear then then it will kind of control your uh, your mind so even if your mind says something that it wants something that is not good for you then then your intelligence can can like regulate it or or stop it or uh yeah, which will like stop the the actual f- physical uh, action, or or yeah, make it go in a different direction. Um, but uh, but this is also like th- kind of theoretical knowledge. Even if you're not so so clear on this, but you have you have kind of like a desire to, to to practice, then you may have to start from the bottom. Like you have to start with your senses. Like you may have to just like let's say do a good action even if you uh, um even if your intelligence and, and your mind is not there yet you kind of you have to you have to go both ways you have to, you have to go back and forth. you have to like work on it from all angles mm-hmm. and then also we can say that um uh the bhagavad gita is about a conversation between arjuna and krishna during the battlefield, the, the Kurukshetra battlefield. So in chapter one, there is um, this kind of scenario, a little bit explained. And then uh, from chapter two, Krishna starts talking. And then the rest of the Bhagavad Gita is just about their conversation. Yes, that is, that is right. Um, other than their, their conversation, the, the, only thing ha- the only thing happening that is not uh strictly just their conversation is in the 10th chapter i believe when krishna shows his universal form it's maybe in the 10th or 11th uh we'll see but um yeah he like krishna gives arjuna a vision showing him showing him that he's god that, that he is the whole universe and that he he is he kind of shows him how all the all the warriors on the battlefield are, are just kind of being crushed by the mouth of time <laughs> it's, it's a ghastly ghastly vision in a sense but um Ar- arjuna is kind of shaken by this 
uh, and asks Krishna to come back to his kind of more uh, human-like form. Good. Okay, so we gave a trailer also of the chapter 10 and 11. Yes. And um, see you next time. Thank you for coming. Thank you. I hope this episode fulfilled its purpose of inspiring you. If you like it, feel free to share it, give a review or a rating, subscribe. And if you have any questions, please get in touch at aikoyogareiki.com. Namaste. Thank you.